We are Pixie and Ogre. This is an intersectional LGBTQIA plus friendly podcast led by two lesbians living in the sticks of North Carolina. We discuss topics that support our values, including pro-Black Lives Matter, pro-trans and gender non-binary, and pro-sex work, among many other topics. Pixie is me, Mel. I hold a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. Ogre is Laura, who has no degrees or licenses, but just likes to hear her sarcastic fat ass talk. Good morning, it's Pixie or Mel. And the Ogre or Laura. <laughs> um, today we are going to talk about generational differences. Uh, 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 uh. That's because you are a different generation than me. I'm old. <laughs> and I'm old, but just less old. Yeah. Slightly. Slightly. So we kind of thought it would be interesting to kick off our year of birth, year of high school graduation, and top five songs and movies from those times just to reflect on the differences. Yeah. <laughs> I like this topic. You just like pointing out that <laughs> Um. So I was born in 1981. Yeah. I would be considered an elder millennial. So just to kind of go through like the top five or the most common five generations of the past century plus, we've got the traditionalists who were born between 1900 and 1945. Yeah. It's a big gap. That's a big gap. And we've got the baby boomers born 1946 to 1964. That would be my parents. Yeah. Would that be your parents? Yeah, that would be my parents. Were they born before 46? I don't think so. Okay. So both of us have baby boomer parents. Then there's Generation X, which is you. Those born between 1965 and 1980. Wow. That's a big gap too. Yep. And then Millennials starts around 1980, 1981. And I think the consensus is it ends around 1996. And then anyone born from 96 on is Gen Z. That's a huge gap, 96 to now. I mean, that's 24 years. Yeah. That's a big gap. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, Gen Z. Gen Z. Which Gen Z is going to save us all. You think so? 100%. They're motivated. They're over substance use. I mean, I think my generation is probably like the heaviest substance users. And I'm just, I'm just literally taking a stab in the dark. But I feel confident in that fake statistic I just gave. Yeah, that was a totally fake statistic. It was, but I stand by it. Prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I'm an elder millennial. You're Generation X. I always thought I was part of Generation X, but I'm right on that cusp. I'm like the oldest millennial. So you're like the one of the first millennials. I am. 1981. It's my birth year. That's when the millennial birth year starts. Huh. All the way to, some people say through 2000. So in some areas, your son and I would be in the same generation, which I'm not a fan of. So I'm going to say your son is Gen Z, because I'm just more comfortable with that. Okay. Whatever makes you comfortable. <laughs> so top five songs in 1981, Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Um, just Like Starting Over by John Lennon. Okay. Uh, Lady by Kenny Rogers. Oh, gosh, yeah. Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Oh. And the number one song in 1981 
Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes. Oh, yeah, Betty Davis Eyes. I don't even think I know that song. The only song I know for sure on that list is Jesse's a Girl. Really? Yeah, I, I think if I heard the songs, I would know them, but I don't know them by the artist or the to- song title. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I do. I know. I'm, I, I'm <clears throat> sure. I can, I can probably sing all of those songs. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode on... <laughs> no, no karaoke. So what is your birth year, and what are the top five songs of your birth year? Um, my birth year is 1973. God, I'm old. I, and I these, wasn't sure if you are going to get it right. Yeah, I can get my birth year right. <laughs> I just don't know how old I am. That's it's, true. I'm involved in math. Um, okay, so the songs, you're, never, you're not going to have heard of any of these. I, I don't believe you. Okay, tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. I've heard of it. I can't. I couldn't sing it for you. Yeah, Tony, Tony Orlando and Dawn did that one. Oh, yeah. okay. There, that is that the same group that did Knock Three Times? I have no idea. Okay. Um, bad, bad Leroy Brown. I know that song by Jim Croce. Grim, Jim Croce. Croce, yeah. Croce, Jesus. Uh, Killing Me Softly, Roberta Flack. I like that. You do know that song? Well, I know it because it was used in a remix by the Fugees in the 90s. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. I mean, who doesn't and you know know that song? I know. That's... This is a good list. This is better than mine. And then I've never heard of this song, but it's called My Love by Paul McCartney. Huh. Interesting how we both have Beatles on our top five list. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, but okay. they weren't like the Beatles, you know. The Beatles. The Beatles anymore. They right, were. They were doing their solo. Doing their own thing. Okay. So top five. Oh, you were gonna say. I was gonna do my top five movies. Go for it, and for then I'll do it. Nineteen seventy-three. Yep. Um, I've actually seen all of these, mm. which is odd. Okay. Um, Exorcist. Oh, wow. Yeah, 1973, The Exorcist. Wow. It's one of my Beginning all- of Satanic Panic. Yes, it was like one of my all-time favorite movies. It's still one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a goodie. Oldie but a goodie. I almost like said the most offensive line in the whole movie, and then I remembered that we were recording, so I'm going to save that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Enter the Dragon. Never heard of it. American Graffiti. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. One of my mom's favorites. Um, Live and Let Die. That's a James Bond movie, and I know, um, I know you're not a James Bond fan. No. I've seen every single one of the James Bond movies, and I'm so excited for the new one coming out. There's a new one coming out? Yes. Okay. So it's the last one with Daniel Craig. Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I don't love, know much about... I don't know much. I don't know action movies. It's James Bond. Action? Yeah, it's action. Yeah. They're the best, though. Mm. Are they? Yeah, double I prefer documentaries. Yeah, I do too, but it's James <laughs> And the last one is Serpico with Al Pacino. I've never seen that. Yeah, it's a good movie. I've never seen that. What were the top five of the year you were born? Um, number five was Arthur. Oh, it's a good movie. Never seen it. Oh, it's good. Number four was Stripes. Yes, I love that movie. Bill, no. Bill Murray, never Harold saw Ramis. That. It's really good. Is it funny? Uh, yeah, it's funny. Okay. Nine to five. Oh, yeah. That's a good. That's my favorite. That's a good one. Superman 2. Yeah, it's a good one too. And number one, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yes. Never saw it. Oh, I love the Indian Haven't seen any of them. 
Oh wow! I think it might. I think it's done for me. You know, I, I don't think so. I, I think mean... I had to have watched them as a child to appreciate them. I think watching them for the first time as an adult now, I don't. I think it would seem corny. Uh, I don't know. I, I think they're timeless, personally. Um, I love Indiana Jones. Can I tell you a funny story about Indiana Jones? Please. Okay, so um, Indiana Jones, the one you just read, came out in 81. Yes. So I was eight at okay. the time. And we were living in Paris. And my mother, her only phobia is snakes. <laughs> Aw, I feel she, her. She hates snakes. I mean, not just, I mean, like, if there's one around, she starts panicking. Mm. So <clears throat> we went to the movie theater in Paris to see uh, Indiana Jones. Okay. And there's one scene in the movie where it's just a tomb full of snakes. Isn't that his, his one, like, Achilles heel? No, his Achilles heel is rats. I thought it was snakes. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Anyhow, they're in this tomb full of snakes. Like, Ugh. they're everywhere. They're coming through the cracks. I mean, thousands of snakes. And they're having to walk through them and oh, climb through them. And it's, no. it's, it's graphic. No. Well, we, we're sitting in the theater and we're watching this scene. And my mother is handling this very well. I mean, she's being you know, mature adult about this. <laughs> well, we get past the scene and we're going through the movie and she's relaxed a little bit. Like, you know, the big snakes scene is over. Well, the gentleman sitting next to her had taken his coat off and it was a trench coat that had like this attached Oh no, the belt. belt. <laughs> and it was dangling down and it hit my mother in the leg. Oh my gosh. Well, she jumped probably four feet yes. in the air yes. and screamed in the middle of this. That is the proper response. It, it was a quiet scene. It wasn't an action scene. It was probably, you know, some tender moment, with, <laughs> you know, Indiana wooing some woman. And she screamed and jumped four feet up in the air. And I, I swear she never got over that. I, I don't blame her. Yeah. I mean, that was as good as being touched by a snake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like a 4D experience that she did not sign up for. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, so next I'll do the top five songs of the year I graduated high school, which was 1999. All right. Well, hopefully I'll know some of these. And also the year that your children were born. Yes, it is. Just yes, thought it I'd was. point that out. All right. So <laughs> maybe I wasn't too busy having children. <laughs> um. So the number five song in 99, Baby One More Time by Britney. Yes. Iconic. Iconic. Uh, timeless. It really is. That song is the shit. I remember the video. Yes. All I of her to, videos. This was... Okay, so I... If we remember the timelines that we've talked about in this podcast, this was right before I joined the cult. And so I was, if, if looking back, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I think I was starting to realize I was having same-sex feelings around this time, but then being in the cult kind of shoved me back in the closet. Just for, for a, time, a little while, For yeah. a time. And I didn't come out to myself probably until like 2002. Didn't come out to anyone else until 2004. But I distinctly remember having feelings during the Baby One More Time video. <laughs> I couldn't decide if I wanted to be Britney, be best friends with Britney, or be with Britney. Right. Or all gonna, three. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, like, the jury's still out. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
all these years later. I, what I remember from that video and from that song was thinking that they were making her seem younger than she was. And it was the whole video, Britney Spears kind of thing, was kind of gross to me. Like, mm. uh, you know, I don't remember what what song it was. Where they she was dressed like in a schoolgirl outfit. That was that was the video. That was the Maybe video. One more time. And yeah, there was it was kind of gross. But younger than what? She was sixteen. She looks like a sixteen-year-old. No, with the pigtails and the bows in her hair. Sure. I mean, she. I was thinking like 12, 11. and it just kind of felt voyeuristic and a little, um, I felt like a pedophile watching it. And you would have been 24. I would have been 24. Okay. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I didn't obviously feel that way because I was 16, 17 when that came out. Right. And I, in high school, you know, I mean, this was the 90s, so we've got, like, the grunge era and everything. I used to wear baby doll um, barrettes in my hair. You know, I would wear pigtails, but then also, like, kind of grungy-looking clothes. So there was this, like, mishmash of, like, infantilizing ourselves, but then also wanting to look older. Well, let me ask you this. If the video um, with her in a schoolgirl outfit, you know, if that had been a boy... And women were ooing and eyeing over this young boy. Would that have made a difference? I mean, it shouldn't. But I think at the time and even now, like the standards are different and it sucks. But that is the world we're living in right now. It shouldn't be different. Right. It should have the same reaction, but it wouldn't have and it, it wouldn't to this day. Do you remember the, the um, commercial? Britney Spears did with Bob Dole? No. It was a commercial for, of all things, Viagra. Oh my God, what? Yeah. I, I think she was older at this point, but the, the premise of the commercial was he was watching a video of her dancing. Ew, yes, and, I do remember this. And it, was, and it was an advertisement for Viagra. And I remember thinking, like, this is, this is really sick. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it bothered me. It was from 2002. I just Googled it. Yeah. Gave it a Goog. Gave it a Goog, huh? I did, 2002. So she would have been 20 going on 21. Still, I mean, I feel like that they've always dressed her to be younger than what she actually was. Even when she was 16, I feel like, you know, the, I, I know what you're saying about the grunge era and the baby doll, you know, barrettes yeah. and things like that. But I just feel like with her pigtails and the short skirt and it just it just really bothered me mm. and see I can relate to it because then and even now like I still feel like a kid a lot of the time right I mean I was in a Care Bear onesie yesterday and I napped while you know cuddling a stuffed animal and I'm 38 right there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that but that that's something I would have done as a teenager too mm -hmm. you know so I, I think again generational differences and perspectives. Yes, that's true. The number four song in 99 was Heartbreak Hotel by Whitney Houston. Huh. Love it. Number three, Angel of Mine by Monica. Okay, I vaguely remember that. 
Uh, number two, No Scrubs by TLC. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the number one song of 99, Believe by Cher. Oh, gosh. Cher. I, can you believe Cher's still alive? I can. She's, uh, yeah. Yes, I can. I think she's fully animatronic at this point. <laughs> um, this song, I had the single on CD. <laughs> and you can ask anyone that lived with me at that time. That song was on repeat. Oh, God. 24 fucking 7. I could not get enough. Yeah, I would have had to break into your room, steal the CD, and break it in half. Looking back, I don't know how I got away with the level of noise and just the compulsive, like, repeating stuff over and over again. My family was very patient. <laughs> very patient. <laughs> I um, mean, it's a good song, but repeat? No. But that's, I mean, that's part of my compulsive disorder is I just fucking beat things to death and then I hate it and then like time has to go by and then I like it again but I, I wear everything out hmm all right 1991 is when I graduated high school my 1991 I was in elementary school yeah gosh <laughs> um what am I doing top five songs everything I do by Brian Adams okay Everything I do, I can't sing it. Yep, yep, um, yep. I want to sex you up. I want to sex you up. Yep. Uh, gonna make you sweat till you bleed. <laughs> <laughs> By CNC Music Factory. Um, Rush, Rush by Paula Abdul. Oh, can we talk about Paula Abdul? Please. So, first of all, so I was eight. Seven, eight, when these songs came out. And I'm not pointing that out to make you feel old. I'm pointing it out because I knew all of these songs at seven and eight, and I knew all the words. I want to sex you up. Yeah. I knew all those words at seven, eight. I mean, it's not bad. It's not good or bad. It's just interesting. I mean, as long as you're not singing it, like, at communion and, you know. Yes, but I think, I think... Gen Z has experienced, and like younger millennials have experienced a little bit more sheltering well, to pop culture. Listen to some some of the songs that are out today that are that children are listening to. You know, I mean, we've got the WAP song. Oh, sorry, Darbs. I don't think most kids are listening to WAP. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think it trends, and I think that they, you know, find it. I think they'll they'll probably hear the edited version. You think so? Oh yeah. I don't think they're I, hearing the... I think it just makes them curious to find the unedited version. Oh, I, it's on YouTube. It's really easy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, and the last one is One More Try by Timmy T. I have no idea. No clue. Never Timmy heard of Timmy T. Timmy T. And that was the number one song in 91. Yeah. Wow. How the Mighty Have Fallen. Timmy T. Okay. Um, let me do the movies. Go for it. The movies of 1991. The good old days. <laughs> we got Terminator 2. I've never seen any of them. Oh, excellent movie. I think that's another one I feel like that ship has sailed. No, 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 mm -hmm. no. no. Mm -hmm. Terminator movies do not get old. I know you've seen this one, so we just watched it. Silence of the Lambs. Yep, that's a goodie. Yeah, that's an iconic movie. It really is. solidified my love for Jodie Foster. You know, I was embarrassingly old when I realized she was gay. Like how old? So last week? I mean close. 
I stayed in a little bed and breakfast in Maine, like in 2005, and all of the rooms were named after famous queer people. Uh-huh. And I stayed in the Jodie Foster, and I was like, huh? <laughs> and I still didn't believe it until about five years ago. <laughs> I thought it was speculation. Oh, it was a speculation room, Jodie Foster. Yeah, but I mean, now being a fully grown human and looking back, I mean, my God, she's gay. Yeah. I know. I mean, you can look at her in, in what's that movie, Taxi? And you can, you can watch her. I never her, saw Taxi. You can watch her in that movie and see that she's gay. Never saw it. I mean, she was like nine or ten in that movie. Yeah, she has a definite gay vibe. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know I was gay. How am I supposed to navigate Jodie Foster's sexuality? What were some of the other rooms in this bed and breakfast? Uh, Walt Whitman. I think that was it. It was very small. It was just a two-room bed and I'm breakfast. I'm pretty sure two or three. I mean, I'm missing one, and I don't remember what the third one was. <laughs> it was like a, a bed and breakfast cabin? It was owned by a gay couple, and they were really... It was kind of like a cabin. It was in, it was in the woods in Maine. Why were you there? I don't remember now. I was traveling with the bad ex and her family. And you ended up in Maine? Ogonquit, yeah. Yeah, that's some weird Stephen King shit right there. A little bit. Yeah. But the the couple was so nice, they made us breakfast. And... That's a bed and breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> it's my one and only bed and breakfast uh, experience. Yeah, they weren't being nice. <laughs> Were. It was a part of their job. The, it was the was breakfast still nice. part of the bed and breakfast. It's still nice. <laughs> um, third movie is What About Bob? Oh. I mean, it's okay. I, I I think I've seen it. Is that the one with Richard Dreyfuss as the therapist? Yes. Yeah, that, that movie was just really annoying. I really felt for the therapist. I did too. But we weren't supposed to. We were supposed to feel for Bob. But I didn't. I felt like there was a lot of gaslighting going on in that movie. There was, and Bob was just like the, the ultimate annoying person. And like with severe personality disorder issues and manipulative and no one else could see it except the therapist. And it really it really frustrated right. me. Right. Everybody loved Bob and it it truly like I barely made it through that movie and the entire time I personally wanted to take Bob out. Yeah, I, I think I think, like, we should want to take Bob out. Yeah, I totally felt for Richard Dreyfuss in that movie. So did I. Yeah. Mm. Definitely not one I want to see again. No. And then these two movies, embarrassingly enough, I've seen them. Mm. Um, Hook. What? That Hook is a great movie. Oh, gosh. That movie was so horrible. It had an all-star stellar cast. Julia Roberts, Robin Williams. Yes, all-star. But it sucked. It was horrible. I disagree, but I was eight, so you were yeah, you were eight. My you know I, palette was. I mean, well, I was ten, I guess. I saw it when it came out, and then I saw it years later with my kids, and I hated it both times. Hmm. I really did. Dustin Hoffman, and I think it, it had potential, but it was just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I. I saw it as a child, and so I'll always see it through that child lens. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, my final one for 1991 is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Interesting. That was a pretty horrible movie, too. That was um, Kevin Costner. I don't think I've ever seen that. I've, I've seen Robin Hood, Men in Tights. 
Well, that was, <laughs> that was a cute, funny movie. Yeah. Now, this was a freaking love story, and the song from 1991, Everything I Do, I Do It For You, or whatever. Was in that movie? That was the, the theme song from that oh. movie. And you could not get away from that song. It was like a... It was like an insidious fart that just followed you everywhere. Yeah, a lingerer. Lingerer. It was on every radio station. Every, (laughs) you know, every time you turned on the TV, it was on. It was everywhere. I thought I would never get rid of that song. Kind of like a believe. Believe the the share song. Yes. Yes. Or like baby one more time. Yes, that was everywhere too. All those earworms. Okay, so what were your top five movies for 1991? Well, mine was 1999. Oh, sorry. 1999. <laughs> but we have American Beauty. Yeah? I know you don't like that movie. I I have issues with it, but I would like to see it again. Okay. Because I've it's mellowed. I've mellowed over the years. Okay. And so I'd like to... What was your issue with it that you feel you've mellowed away from? I, I just felt like it left a lot of... Uh, plot gaps mm. and some things were just touched on but they weren't really fully developed in the story gotcha and the whole you know grown man lusting after you know a teenager like that yeah. theme just keeps coming up everywhere and I feel like we're um, movies and art is trying to normalize this and I don't know if I could watch it again knowing that that plot and knowing that it's Kevin Spacey. Yes, that too. Kevin Spacey kind of taints it now. Real life. But stuff. I thought he was only uh, pestering young men. He was, but I mean, you know, it's still creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. It's, it's creepy to then see him in a role where he's right, kind of being a pedophile. Yeah, exactly. So, ugh. number four was Tarzan. Tarzan, like the animated movie? Yep. Oh, Disney. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number three, Toy Story 2. Okay. Number two, The Mummy. That was a good movie. I do not like those movies. Oh, I know you don't, but there's just, you know, a fun action movie. And it had Brendan Fraser in it. And, you know, during the time that he actually looked sober and healthy. Oh, bless. And then Star Wars Episode One was the number one movie in 99. Wow. I didn't even realize that those came out that long ago. Yeah. Like they seem newer to me for some reason. Like it didn't occur to me that that came out either my senior year of high school or my first semester of college. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. I mean, it's weird to think that I've been watching Star Wars movies my entire life. Yeah, that's true. You know? Because I was around when the, like, the original came out. Yes, and when I was in high school, and it must have been in preparation for these new episodes, they remastered and re-released the three original Star Wars in the theater. Oh, So I got to see all three of them in the theater. Good. In the 90s. Very good. Yeah. That's, you know, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, What I thought was interesting, and I found this amazing PDF, randomly... (laughs) Randomly made available by West Midland Family Center in Shepherd, Michigan. Interesting. And it's called, this uh, PDF is called Generational Differences Chart, which I will include in the show notes because it's really interesting. Okay. So I made a couple of notes 
from Wikipedia and other articles, but most of what I'm gonna talk about is on this PDF. But most millennials are children of baby boomers, and your parents were baby boomers. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be kind of interesting to compare those three generations. Okay. Our parents, yours, and mine. All right. So just a little famous people, so famous baby boomers, Bill Clinton, Meryl Streep. Okay. Famous Gen Xers, as yourself, Barack Obama, Jennifer Lopez. Okay. Famous millennials, Ashton Kutcher and Serena Williams. Think we could have done better. I mean, Serena Williams is definitely, I mean... I'm an Ashton. Yeah, Ashton. But I'm not sure when this PDF was created. It doesn't seem too recent. So maybe he was popular at that time. Maybe. I mean, yeah, he seems to have been popular. Perhaps. Um, what I found interesting about this PDF was the different things that influenced the, di the different generations. Okay. So for baby boomers, we've got the civil rights movement, we've got the Vietnam War, the sexual revolution. The highest divorce rate, divorce rate in history was baby boomers. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's interesting. Gen Xers, so the energy crisis, Watergate. You are the first generation of latchkey kids. Latchkey kids. Latchkey kids. Tell me what that is again. So that would be like a child who carries a key on them to school and they come home and let themselves in. There's not a babysitter. There's not a parent home. Gen Xers, parents, whether they be the traditionalists or the baby boomers, um, Gen X's parents were the first ones to have a dual income household where both parents worked. Okay, interesting. So and like my called... parents, parents, my grandparents, it were not two income households. Right, generally yeah. the female stayed home Correct. to mind the young. Yes. So why are they called latchkey? I don't know. Okay. That's just always, yeah. All right. Been the term. Um, and so mom's work, increased divorce rate for the Gen Xers as well. Millennials, digital media. I mean, the internet. That was a, I think that's a big difference between our two generations. Yes, it's huge. Because while internet wasn't a thing for most of my childhood, we did get internet for the first time, I believe, 97, 98. And so I was like 16, 17. And so that kind of painted like my college experience, you know, my entire college experience was internet relate it, you know, a lot of emailing and that kind of thing. Right. 9-11, um, of yeah. course, um, school shootings. So Columbine happened when I was a senior in high school. That kind of, you set know. Set the tone, yeah. Yeah, set a, set a big tone. Um, most millennials grow up as children of divorce. My parents are still married, but I'm in the minority for sure. Yeah. Um, kept busy as kids. So what I find interesting about this as we go on is how, um, how we were raised differently, how younger millennials, so remember that, that gap right now for millennials is about 81 to 96. So those kids that were born closer to 96 or after, or you know, right before that Gen Z era, 
they were the ones that grew up with those very rigid schedules of, you know, 18 after school activities every week and they were never home. I didn't have that experience. No. You and I were just discussing this. Like, I played flute, you know, I was, my brother played baseball. These were things that were kind of seasonal or, you know, were kind of integrated into school. But for the most part, we didn't have like these schedules that we went by every single day, all day. Right. Um, what I find interesting about this PDF is it talks about values. So baby boomers values, just to pick a few, trust no one over 30, <laughs> which is interesting. Uh, personal growth and personal gratification, extremely loyal to their children, equal opportunities, equal rights. These are all big baby boomer values. Gen X, diversity, fun, higher education, independence, um, more cynical and skeptic, skeptical, um, suspicious of boomer values, <laughs> and um, thinking more globally. And then we've got millennials, avid consumers. And I thought that would be an interesting thing to dive into because that's another thing where you and I differ very much. I fucking love buying things. I love it. I love stuff. And I'm definitely like one of these consumers that they talk about. I mean, I am like that traditional millennial who just wants to buy shit. But why? I don't know. I really don't know. It's comforting. It's convenience, I guess. Most of the stuff that I buy is either for comfort or to, you know, shave mere seconds off of a task that I've been doing one way. For real. It's just a convenience slash comfort kind of thing. But Gen Xers are not into being consumers. No, shopping stresses me out. Yes. Well, so now we've got avid consumers as a core value for millennials coupled with technology, we don't have to go anywhere. No, but even shopping online stresses me out. Really? Yes. How? Why? Because there's so many choices. Mm. I mean, you can't just log on to Amazon and buy a ruler. I mean, there's 6,000 different yeah. types and sizes. and That's true. I get so overwhelmed and so bogged down. And then when I finally narrow it down and make a decision that I'm going to buy X, right. then I worry, what if I can find it cheaper elsewhere? Ah, see, I don't care. <laughs> as long as it's like got decent reviews and it's like Amazon's best pick and it's reasonably priced, it's like middle of the road and it's going to do the job, I will buy it and I'll be here in two days. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have to think about things, <laughs> you know, I mean, even ordering simple things. I have to think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like I need to replace our um, antibacterial soap refills. Yes. And I've been putting it off mm. just because I hate shopping. <laughs> Even online. Even online. What I love about shopping online is not having to leave the house. It's my favorite well, thing. Yeah, I don't like to leave the house, but I mean, I kind of miss going to stores and like just browsing. Ooh, no. Yeah. I never did that. I mean, I didn't. I would always go to a store with one specific item in mind. Right. But while I was there, I'd pick up 10 more things that looked interesting just because... Yeah, I guess I do that at the Dollar Tree. You know? Like, I'm thinking... It's easy to do. Specifically of, like, arts and crafts store. Mm -hmm. You know, you go in for one particular... That is true. 
canvas or paintbrush and and before you know it you've spent three hundred dollars i mean i've literally bought slippers at michael's oh yeah like several pairs yeah didn't go in anticipating or planning on buying slippers no it happened you probably wandered in with me so i could get something silly well and then they were having some sale some like closing sale and everything was super cheap that wasn't michael's that was like ac moore i think oh yeah same idea. Yeah, they were going out of business. Yeah. So there was like all this shit, like dirt cheap. And yeah, I just wanted stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I wonder too if that has something to do with, you know, growing up, like while obviously we didn't have things like smartphones and iPods and stuff like that, we did have a lot of portable type stuff. So we, my brother and I got used to having things on the go. So we'd have like, our cassette Walkman or our CD Walkman or our Game Boy, things that we could take with us so that we wouldn't be bored and that we would be entertained. And I think for me at least, that's now translated into my adult life as I have my Bluetooth in my ear at all fucking times listening to podcasts. Mm. And I think that's that has layers to it. I think some of it is, you know, <clears throat> not wanting to be alone with my thoughts, but I think the other part is this is portable and I can do this anytime, anywhere. And there's a comfort to that. See, we didn't have like portable things, you know, after I was born when I was probably six or seven, then they started coming out with like uh, cassette Walkmans. Right. And I was, you know, too young to have one. My right. older sister had one and she would let me borrow it every once in a while. But um, yeah, we didn't have portable stuff. If we were dragged along to go visit someone, we were, supposed to behave and be a part of the conversation and um you know entertain ourselves yeah and i feel like we took that value of entertaining ourselves as millennials and we we wanted to we kind of birthed the whole like make sure you have everything that the kids could possibly want and or ask for when we leave the house <laughs> like do you have your book do you have your book light do you have your game boy do you have everything that's going to keep you out of my fucking face for the next however many hours we're going to be outside of the house. No. And I always did. I had like, I had everything with me all the time. No, I always carried books with me everywhere because I was always reading something and I could sit for hours and just lose myself in a book, yeah. you know, yeah. but no, we didn't have portables. We, we had to use our imagination. I mean, we did too, but I think this is where it was like kind of merging is we were using our imaginations but also didn't have the attention span to last as long as maybe your generation and so we were always on to the next thing that's why i think now our vast difference you know with you always having your bluetooth in and you know i literally can go days without speaking or hearing another noise um you know yeah that's that's where a, a big difference where we are, you know, you have to watch something and listen something to to go to sleep and, yeah, you know, I, I don't. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's a lot of things. I think that's like my mental health, like, you know, my mental illnesses where I have intrusive thoughts and it just kind of helps me focus. But then I also think it's from growing up and being used to entertaining myself and whatever that looked like, which for me would often be listening, watching, or reading something, consuming some kind of media that's going to distract me from my current situation. Mm. You know, because, I mean, we didn't really have like, 
I, I mean, we didn't have like babysitters. I mean, sometimes on a weekend night, but we went with our parents like to work and to the store. Like we didn't really stay home until we got a little older, of course. Right. But um, we went everywhere with our parents. We weren't left home with someone else. So I kind of had to like, you know, if I was bored, had to distract myself. Right, yeah. definitely. What's interesting is one of the core values of Generation X is fun. And one of the core values of millennials is fun with an exclamation point. Oh. And then right under that, it says extreme fun. Oh. So I'm wondering if this is where like extreme sports, like hang gliding, bungee jumping, skydiving. I mean, I know skydiving didn't start with millennials, but as far as popularity, Mm -hmm. zip lining, all these things that are kind of... Fun with an exclamation point. Fun with an exclamation point. Absolutely. Um, All right. So this was interesting too. So some attributes common in baby boomers. um, Anti-establishment. Really? Yes. I know. Challenge authority. Um, Idealistic. However, they also live to work. That's kind of weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Generation X, angry, but don't know why. <laughs> and it's so funny when I read that, I just flashed into all of the, the 90s seasons of the real world. Just everyone was angry and I don't know why. Um, Generation X craves independence. Um, they tend to be very ethical. Um, they may have been pampered by their parents. Did you feel pampered by your parents? No. <laughs> um High degree of brand loyalty for Gen X. Would you relate to that? Absolutely. Okay. Can you give me an example? Um, like, I have my favorites. And, and, you know, and everybody has this in the grocery store. Like, there are certain things that you can eat generic. Yes. But then there's other things like peanut butter and, you know, cereals, mayonnaise. It has to be a certain brand. Okay. Because it's just the taste. That, 100%. You know, I don't know, you're used to. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely loyal to certain things. Like, okay. if I'm going to eat macaroni and cheese, it has to be Kraft right. mac and cheese. Right. Um, you know, peanut butter, it has to be Jif. Jif. Yeah. You know, none of this Peter Pan shit or Ugh, no. store Peter Pan's brand. Feet. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> um,. Generation X, also self-starters and very self-sufficient. Um, millennials, we are fiercely independent. We have, and this would probably be more for the younger millennials, have not lived without computers, because I've certainly lived without computers, but most of my life I've had access to them. Attached to their gadgets and parents, millennials. Mm. When I read that, I was like, whew, I felt seen. Because I would say, I would say I was attached to my parents well beyond the age of necessity. And I don't think that that's unusual for people my age and a little bit younger to be as attached. Right. Like if I had wanted to keep living with my parents past the age of 22 when I first moved out, they would have supported that. In fact, I know for a fact they wished I hadn't moved out because... The bad ex stuff started. But 
you know, they would have been supportive of that. Right. Whereas I'm, I get the feeling Gen Xers are like, TikTok, you're 18. Oh, oh God. From the moment my children were born, like starting at their like third and fourth birthdays, it was happy birthday. How many years till you move out? <laughs> <laughs> and we would we counted that shit down. Your kids? My kids, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it was like every birth, every birthday, it was, <laughs> yay, you're seven, you know. <laughs> We're almost there. We're almost there, guys. <laughs> 11 years, then you're out. Um, millennials also high-speed stimulus junkies. Yes. I, I can relate to that. Just needing constant stimulation. But then also getting overstimulated too, too quickly. And too often. Right. And how do you deal with the overstimulation? You watch more shit on your phone. Right. Or you take substances. <laughs> no, for real. I'm telling you, I'm going to, I'm going to, and another thing, I'm going to just throw another fake fact out there. <laughs> While we're at it, I have a very strong feeling that the majority of people who have substance use disorders are Scorpios. I just, I, I think that you, I need to give you a challenge to research this shit and find out. Okay. Because now I'm, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to be walking around with this false fact in my head. <laughs> and the next time I play Trivial Pursuit, it's going to come up. <laughs> and from I'm going to be like, Scorpios. And it's going to be wrong. From my personal experience, the people that I work with, the majority of my, my personal caseload are Scorpios. I'm just... Saying. I don't know about that. And what was my other fake fact that I said? Um, <laughs> I don't remember. We'll have to we'll have to do an instant replay and get get to the bottom of that. Um, me first attitude and work life. This is for millennials. Gen Xers tend to have more of a work life balance, and then again, baby boomers live to work. Mm. So very different as the years go on, where like. I plan self-care into my day. I'm working on like personal development, my personal growth outside of work. Right. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, Gen X has a strong sense of entitlement. Really? Mm-hmm. Yup. Family experience. So baby boomers, very much like the Cleaver family. Um, at children were seen as special. Special? Special. Yes, mom stayed home. Gen X, this is the latchkey kids. Women were expected to work outside of the home. This, you, your generation was the first daycare generation. Hmm. And millennials merged families, so potentially step families or co-parenting kind of things coming up. Um, a lot of coddled kids. So getting a trophy for coming in eighth place, it gives us an example. Oh, is this where the participation trophies started? Yes. and I. I don't, I did not experience that, I don't think as much as maybe younger millennials could agree with that. I, I know my kids definitely experienced that. I mean, they got awards for sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, but you're, but you know, I think your kids would be Gen Z. I think they would too, but yeah. I, you know, it, this whole award thing for showing up was just, yeah, it blew my mind. Yeah. You know, I mean, every kid in school is getting an award for something. And I think that it confuses them because, you know, just looking at my son, who is, 
he got awards for literally showing up. Right. But now that he's an adult, he doesn't get awards for showing up. But maybe expects them. But he expects them. So what's interesting is, I think we would agree, and we'll probably get some flack for this, but I think it's a pretty popular opinion that Gen Z tends to be more entitled. I think so. Okay. But why? Maybe for that reason, the participation trophies, the, you know, getting rewarded for showing up and, and that kind of... Mentality. Exactly. But Gen X you has a strong sense of entitlement as well. Could that be because y'all were more independent? You were latchkey kids. You let yourselves in. You took care of yourselves. And though, so there's a sense of the next generation should be doing the same thing. And we were coddled a, a lot. Your generation was? I think in general. I don't think as older millennials as much, but in general, I think it went the other way where Gen X was so independent. And I mean, you know, y'all were getting kidnapped and shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Lifetime movies were being made by people your age, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like millennials were just like, you know, don't cross the street. Don't do that. Don't you? No. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, education. Baby boomers see it as a birthright. Gen X sees it as a way to get there. Millennials, an incredible expense. It is an incredible it expense. It is an incredible expense. Um, baby boomers value success. Gen Xers value time. Millennials, individuality. Huh. I can agree with that. And um, dealing with money. Baby boomers, buy now, pay later. So credit. Um, Generation X, cautious, conservative, save, save, save. Millennials earn to spend. <laughs> yeah, earn well, to spend. I, I would say even millennials and Gen Z would be, um, you know, buy now, pay later. Yes, but I think baby boomers were the, was the first generation mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. So there was still a sense of like responsibility, but everything was credit, everything was cheaper. It was the quote unquote American dream. Mm -hmm. um, this is interesting, work ethic. So baby boomers, driven, work 60 plus hours a week. Um, work ethic equals worth ethic. So mm -hmm. it kind of goes along with the living to work. Um, Gen Xers, balance. So work smarter with greater output, but not working as much. Um, the goal is to kind of just like eliminate the task, like meet deadlines, kind of get through it. Millennials, ambitious, very good at multitasking, but also like, what's next? What do I do now? Maybe not staying in jobs as long. Mm, yeah. Um, it's that attention span. Well, right, but I think it also goes with that ambition and then another value or another work ethic for millennials is entrepreneurial. So mm -hmm. I think there's this sense of, especially with social media, YouTube, podcasts, OnlyFans, all these things that you can do to kind of like promote yourself for yourself. Right. It is easy, like what's next? Where can I get my next audience? What more, I need to be relevant. I need to keep putting out content, you right. know, uh, being an influencer, all of these things. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have an aunt that has had the same job. So my cousin is about to be 43 and my aunt had her in her first daycare class. Wow. And she's still at that job. So she's been there over 45 years? Yes. Wow. 
in the same job. That's a long time. It's a very long time. It's very long. I mean, I'm just trying to think of 45 years. I mean, that's almost as old as you. Yeah. Like almost your entire life. Almost my entire life. Yeah, doing the same job. Yeah. I couldn't do it. No. Um, so what would you say are the biggest generational differences between you and I that we might notice being eight to nine years apart? I, I think the biggest difference, I don't know if this is generational, I, I'm, but the, the technology, Yeah. you know, what we already talked about, you always have to have something in your ear, watching something, listening to something. Yes. And I can literally sit and stare at the wall for an hour. Yes. Um, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest differences. Yeah. I, I think attention span is a big part of it too, because you could literally sit down and read an entire book in a day. And I physically could if I had to, but I would be too antsy to actually do it. Right. Yeah. Um, I think our taste in um, movies at times. So for example, I was really jonesing to watch High School Musical 2 last night. Yay. And Laura watched it with me. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Was... I knew all the words to all the songs. Oh, God, it was hard. <laughs> and I wasn't even close to a teenager when that movie came out. So I don't know if there's just like, at a certain point, like there's some nostalgia for like kid type stuff. Like I still like to watch kids shows sometimes like iCarly or... You know, these other like Nickelodeon or, or Disney shows? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I they do have a bit of nostalgia. I used to watch those shows, you know, with my kids when they were young. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you know, if I see an iCarly, I think that they're cute just because I, I enjoyed them when I watched them with the kids. Yeah. But I have a hard time watching children's things now because I'm so jaded and cynical and... You know, we're watching High School Musical 2 last night, which I was not happy about. <laughs> um, Such a sport. Such a good sport. <laughs> and, you know, I'm looking at each character and I'm like, okay, she's going to be pregnant before the end of the summer. This one's going to have substance use issues. There's that cynical skepticism of the Gen X. You know, and, and I'm looking at each one and they're, they're singing about their summer and how happy they are. And, and I'm like this isn't life. You're going to get a job and you're going to work your fingers to the bone just to save enough money to do this or whatever. And, you know, they're all wanting to be friends. And I'm like, but you're going to go to college next year and you're never going to see each other again, you know? So, yeah, I, I like, I don't like those movies, but I, I don't see the, the childhood excitement. I just see the reality of what the characters are going to face. I got you. Yeah. And I see more of the idealism part of it, the optimism. Because I think when I was in high school, I think we all lied to ourselves and each other, like, we're going to be friends forever. Oh, everybody said that. You know, and I, I talked to two people from high school still. Like, uh -huh. I'm close with them, but two out of everyone. Yeah. It's a, not a lot. Yeah. Um, I found another article called 17 Teen Movies That Define Your Childhood. And I made a list of ones that came out like either when I was in high school or right out of high school. And then there's two on the list that I think might have influenced you potentially. Okay. So we'll go with your list first. Breakfast Club. Love it. Pretty in Pink. Love it. Would you say those kind of like set the tone of what being a teenager would be like? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, teen movies that define my childhood. Clueless. I've never seen it. Came out in 1995. Oh, yes. So Breakfast Club is from 85. Pretty in Pink is from 86. 
We've got Clueless from 1995, 10 Things I Hate About You from 1999, But I'm a Cheerleader. Oh, I love that movie. From 1999. Bring It On, 2000. Yep. I know you've seen it because I watch it at least a couple times a year. Yeah. Fucking love that movie. And Princess Diaries, 2001. I love that movie. I do too. I really do. Yep. Um, what it was what was interesting about the article is it kind of compared like romantic comedies from the 80s versus like the early 2000s and kind of what the themes were. So I picked two random rom-coms from those two eras. So we've got When Harry Met Sally, mm-hmm. and the theme was men and women can't be friends. And they, Harry and Sally tried to kind of negate that, but in the end, they end up together. Spoiler alert, if no one has seen this movie that's a million <laughs> years old. And then How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't. Kate Hudson. The theme was stereotypical ways that women can, quote, push men away. So doing things like leaving tampons at his apartment or, you know, being, quote, unquote, overbearing or clingy, all those kinds of things. And I just thought it was really interesting how over the years that kind of shifted. Right. But it's still kind of negative towards women. Mm-hmm. Not kind of is yes. negative towards women. <laughs> Um, but you know, I always appreciate how our general generational differences kind of give us a different perspective. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, I think we get a different perspective just because I'm so grumpy about everything. (laughs) (laughs) But what's interesting is you're actually more optimistic than I am. Really? Yeah. We've had this conversation. Huh? Definitely. I feel like I'm grumpy about everything. Yeah, but I think when it comes down to it, you actually are pretty idealistic Mm. at times, like especially politically. Mm. I don't have any faith. I am extremely cynical when it comes to like the hope for the future of the world. (laughs) I I agree. I'm I'm very cynical about, you know, politics and politicians, but I, I feel like if, you know, if we don't have hope, then what's the point? Oh, I just saw little kittens circling your head. That was precious. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't feel like there's any more hope. So, no hope 2020. <laughs> Yay, we have a new motto. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Bye. If you are interested in sending us listener letters, asking for advice, sharing something unusual or topics that you want us to discuss, send an email to pixieandogrepod at gmail.com. That's P-I-X-I-E-A-N-D-O-G-R-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Thanks.